I am Beth Clarity Lewis, a licensed psychotherapist. You are listening to my family therapy group, Verve Well, and this is our podcast, This Won't Be Done by Five, which gives a nod to the ongoing process that is the human condition. Flip through our episodes where we look through the lens of our personal lives to explore scholastic therapeutic topics. Get to know me and my staff through our honest disclosures and our willingness to own our own accomplishments and our fails, all for the sake of our craft, for our desire to offer helpful resources and our overarching mission to serve and to let no one ever feel alone. Find everything VerbWell, including this podcast at verbwell.org. This is Beth Lewis, and this is my private therapy group, VerveWell. I have all six others of my staff here today. I'm super excited about that. We're going to do our best to talk about something that pops up in my therapy sessions for sure, um, which is attachment styles. And um, research-wise, I know that attachment styles originated with John Dolby. I don't know what year that was, but... And Mary in the 60s because Mary Ainsworth kind of tagged on after and she was 1970. Um, So attachment styles are just kind of this cool way observed by these two researchers over the years to observe how infants attach with their caregiver. And it's somewhat how we use it today is allows us a sense of projection, not projection, kind of a prediction of how. Um, that infant will grow into an adult and what type of relationships um, that adult will have, obviously, with others. So we're going to, the four attachment styles, and then we're just going to kind of volley this around with all of our um, information that we each know. Um, The four attachment styles, ambivalent, avoidant, disorganized, and secure. Secure being the one that is the healthiest. The one that's kind of what we strive to do as parents and um, to connect with our own children. Who has some thoughts on, I guess I could kind of, do you want me to kind of just go through what each one is, like ambivalent? Ambivalent, and each one has a handful of names, by the way. You're going to see on social media um, different words used for these different um, styles. But ambivalent has also been called resistant anxious, preoccupied, and insecure. And you'll see insecure show up in other ones too. So ambivalent is, um, let's see, poor parental availability. The child cannot depend on their primary caregiver. Very distressed when the parent leaves. Parent is inconsistent with meeting the child's needs, which translates to unpredictable to the child. So obviously, lack of predictability. Um, the child cannot depend on the primary caregiver. Uh, anybody have anything to throw into that that I missed? I don't think so. I think that. Okay. All right. All right. It's pretty clear. We'll go to avoidant. Avoidant is also called dismissive and insecure. The origin of this is when the caregiver is the perpetrator of abuse. This person has likely experienced abuse in the home. It can be physical, sexual neglect, or chaos in the home, which can translate to what is called abuse. Um, so the so when the infant is 
relying on the caregiver and the caregiver i kind of translate this also meaning that the caregiver has their own wounds and their own things that they're wrestling with um, and they bring that into and it outlets into abuse to their child so that um, that creates an avoidant dismissive insecure attachment the next one is disorganized also called fearful attachment style um, caregiver consistently failing to respond to the child's needs displaying terrifying behavior that instills fear in the child parents struggles within their own resolved unresolved trauma um that's huge honestly you use the word terrifying that's terrifying <laughs> um i mean just to the 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 thought of a caregiver creating such fear within their child is is mind-blowing to me but that's that's me getting judgmental. Go ahead. I think with that, though, um, we have to add the context that what's terrifying to the child may not be considered terrifying um, to the parent. They mm -hmm. might not know they're terrifying the child. Sure. Like, I'll watch scary movies now and they don't bother me. But mm -hmm. whenever I watched Paranormal Activity in fifth grade, I <laughs> cried. <laughs> right. And then couldn't sleep for months. Right. But now I can watch it and I'm fine. Well, I feel like a lot of this, and I appreciate that clarification too because I feel like a lot of parenting I don't think unless you're really just kind of this disturbing human being mm. I think a lot of parenting is not intentional I don't think that there's an intentional abuser mm -hmm. I, I mean I get it you're like well sure people physically abuse their child that's intentional but I don't think the abuser is intentionally saying I will now abuse my child it's kind of yeah. just a lack of of knowing better it's not like parents wake up in the morning saying, I think I'm, I'm just going to fuck up my kids today. Right, exactly, exactly. So I feel like there's, I think that that's a, that's a, a fair qualification, Blake and Elissa. Um, the last one is secure, which is the, the, the golden one. Um, the parent was able to engage with the child and effectively manage their own stress as well as calm and soothe the child when the child is distressed. Um, that is... You know, another advocate, another vote for therapy is being able to process through your own stuff um, and not spread it into your family and, and spread it around. Um, who has some in, things they want to add or, or donate to this conversation? What I can donate um, is that <laughs> you are not stuck at any, um, you know, theory of attachment. You can move around. Um, and the beauty of that is you can work towards having a secure attachment in adulthood if you're yep. able to recognize that you have maybe an avoidant or anxious type. Absolutely. I was talking with a client just today and we kind of just agreed that these things are kind of massageable, you know, like a personality disorder. Typically in our line of work, we kind of lean into it and say that that is something that isn't too outgrowable. But with these, these aren't disorders. These are simply kind of identifiers that kind of put into categories what we might have experienced through childhood. But that's one of the things that I certainly talk about in the beauty of being in therapy as an adult is looking at your childhood and deciding what about it you want to take with you and what about it you want to leave behind. And that's kind of this, this attachment style. And that's well said, Ashley, because it's true. You know, you can't, you can move around, you can grow out of, and you can get to that secure, secure attachment style. That's a, that's good to recognize because I'm over here as a new dad. That's thinking, right. How am I messing my child that's up? That's right. And um, how, how and old is she? I do, she's four weeks yeah, old. Yeah, four weeks. Um, even though I do mess her up, 
It's massageable. She can go to therapy. I would say I definitely have a different perspective on all of this now that we're talking about it. Um, being a dad and being cognizant of how I manage my own stress whenever I have a baby screaming in my ear for two hours, mm -hmm. it can be really tough. And um, luckily, my wife is a great partner and we hand her off. But um, yeah, I definitely find myself getting frustrated and having to like self-soothe mm -hmm. that before I like um, get frustrated like outwardly towards towards Ruby or anything like that. So yeah, I just I wanted to say that. I don't know. I, I think that um, that the <laughs> sorry <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Okay, I'll now. Yeah, I'll go, ahead. In. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I went unconscious earlier. <laughs> I think the value in being educated about the attachment styles because we zoom out and we go, what what difference does it make? If you understand that we come from different family systems, right, and our ways of viewing the world are different. We can learn why maybe we get stuck in certain situations relationally. You know, if my husband, which my husband was, he was raised in a completely different, more stoic, uh, I would say, he probably wouldn't mind me saying this, if I had to uh, guess his attachment style, we haven't done a, a mm -hmm. test, it would probably be um, uh, avoidant, mm -hmm. okay? And I... What he does sometimes that are normal for him triggers me to act in some ways based off of my viewpoint and my attachment style. And so you can do a better dance, uh, positively speaking, when you really understand how those things play into challenges yeah. that, that we may have. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yeah, and, and I'm going to piggyback off what Shaney said. Is I, I'm glad you brought that up, that idea of family systems, because that's really in my wheelhouse. I hadn't done a lot of exploring on my own attachment style, only just because that's not a big push in my theoretical background, right? It's, um, but, but I like it, thinking about it from a family systems perspective. And as I was thinking about my own, I was like, oh, I have no idea what mine is. But as I look at it, mine is very much that sort of, I don't know, I think I'm a combination of like ambivalent and insecure. It's like I act like I don't care because I'm unsure. Mm -hmm. And my the big thing that resonated with me was the inconsistency of parents because I come from a heavily and highly multiple divorce situations mm -hmm. in my background. And so um, that, that real deep underlying fear of abandonment's very powerful in my sort of decision making as I was growing up. But I, I know that it's things I've worked on into my adulthood. Um, but I, but what I noticed is I worry about acceptance, mm -hmm. right? And that like that from even from people that I know very well and I know love me and accept me wholeheartedly, I still like catch myself trying extra hard. And I'm a huge protector. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from that that ambivalence of my parental figures mm -hmm. because I'm I'm sort of like, okay, now I'm everyone's parent and mm -hmm. I take on that role as that protector factor. Mm -hmm. So this was interesting because it's not a not something I had thought about a lot, but I and I love it from that what you said, Cheney, that family systems dynamic. That's powerful. Mm -hmm. And then, like, so for me and my relationship and, like, my experience with attachment actually happened before graduate school. So I was in therapy my, for um, some PTSD stuff. My husband was seeing a therapist. 
And for like two and a half weeks, he was the most amazing boyfriend then, now husband, of like my the entire duration of our relationship. So the first three days, I'm like, oh man, he must be in a really good mood. This is amazing. And then the next three days, I was like, oh, what's going on? Like I started looking for clues. And then like a few days after that, I think I was like in the kitchen and I like very incredulously just like looked at him and was like, what do you want? Because he was being <laughs> so great. And he just looked at me and he was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, listen, you've been amazing and it's confusing me. And he was like, well, I read this book and I finally understand you. <laughs> you. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Um, he's like, I'd like you to read it too. And I read it and that was my first exposure to attachment styles and to speak to that, like shifting patterns from like avoidant or insecure, ambivalent or any of these spaces that we grew into this point of like secure attachment with each other. And that's what I love about bringing that into therapy sessions or even identifying attachment styles when people are dating, when our clients start dating again, or our teenagers are going out into the world. What does this attachment style look like? Not just intimately, but professionally and in our friend groups and how can we show up securely to support ourselves and the people who are around us so I love attachment I think that there's a lot to be said like I feel like the common thread in these various styles is um, connection trust and rejection those three things and you were just describing your relationship with your husband and you grew into this secure because the two of you have over your duration of dating and into marriage created so much trust. And all of these styles are shining a light on the lack of trust between parent and child and caregiver and, and infant and lack of trust and fear of rejection. And will will my needs be met? Like this baby, babies are trying to stay alive. So they're looking at their caregivers as their life source. And when we grow into adults, we take all of that baggage or, or, or development into these relationships and, and play that out, play that out. And do we build, are we able to build trust with our significant other? Are we able to, um, out massage away from these fear of rejection and lack of trust. And, um, uh, I just, I think that's well said that you can say you got from kind of a place and went to secure. Well, I want to add though, too, like secure attachment isn't a destination. It's always a work in progress. Like it's a pattern because when you talk about trust, we can always experience betrayal or, or -hmm. something, and I think that's, it's always yeah. a work in progress. Sorry, Blake's yeah. cracking Blake's his knuckles. Cracking knuckles. <laughs> um, Blake? Sorry. It's Milwaukee. So just to come back into that space of secure attachment isn't a destination. I think it's always a work in progress mm-hmm. in relationships in any space. And... Um, it waxes and wanes. Sometimes you lose it in the season of your relationship, and when stuff starts to unravel, you've got to come right back into that. But I think, but I think I might even, and maybe this is what you're saying, but I think of it as a destination because I think that when you have a secure attachment or you're secure within your relationship, things can go wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's how I feel like these are when you're in an adult. These are let these are these styles become how you manage conflict, how you manage 
ups and downs. So if you are in a secure place, you can have conflict, but you manage it from a secure place as opposed to an avoidant place or an ambivalent place. I, I want to, I think I agree with that very much in that I know what, what you're getting across, Alyssa, I think, is that there are going to be times that we might be more triggered and feeling insecure about certain things. But if we have grown ourselves up to a secure relationship with ourself, right, then we attach, I feel like sometimes we err in, in attaching meaning to behaviors of other people, mm-hmm. you know, based off of our lens that we're looking through. And once we're more securely attached or securely, what's the word? S- secure. Yeah, connected. With, with ourselves, we tend to not uh, be as bothered by the behaviors of other people because our homeostasis is apparent. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think it's interesting, like, you know, as I'm looking through this, I, you know, automatically you go because it's the way it's written to that parent child relationship was just so vital. But I wonder if you rewrote, if you rewrote these definitions and you said a partner, you know, like a partner was able to engage with other partner and effectively manage their own stress as well as calm and soothe the partner when distressed, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at it, if we rewrote those, those are like almost like our, our best hopes for therapy or our yeah. goals for this relationship or healing this attachment place and getting to that place of secure attachment. Mm-hmm. You know, if, so if we went back through and rewrote them as how we were working with clients in a way to get them out of this into where they are now or meeting them where they were as individuals. If we're talking about couples, someone's ambivalent, someone's disorganized. We look at that and we say, okay, what needs to happen to move them to this secure place? That would also be pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. And what I really, really love about therapy is, is when we've had chaotic or ambivalent, these backgrounds and these experiences of being able to sit in our therapist office and have wonderful, sometimes challenging conversations, that is building up that secure attachment. Mm-hmm. Because here somebody is is very present with you and accepting of you and all of the things that happen and are said between those four walls. Agreed. Agreed. Do you all know which uh, attachment style you might be? Have you ever looked into that? I'm secure now. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing. <laughs> Does anyone have an idea, a thought on that? I, I started anxious mm-hmm. and then, but at work, like in cells previous to therapy, I was more ambivalent. And then, um, so your attachment style can change pending your environment. And now I'm leaning more and more into secure attachment That's with nice. all the work I get to do. I kind of, my mouth kind of went, you know, agape when I was looking at these things because I, I feel like I'm the picture of avoidant um, attachment style and am still, but I'm also single and I'm not in a relationship where I'm practicing and building that, that trust and connection. Um, so as an individual single, my avoidant style still remains. Mm -hmm. And even the origin of it works within, within my family structure. Um, I, I will read just a little bit on what I talked about the origin of these styles, but let me talk a little bit about um, what these styles look like in adulthood. 
So real quick, ambivalent in adulthood um, consistently seeks attention from a specific person. But once they get the attention, they reject the person and move on to the next. Um, they're anxious and uncertain, crave emotional intimacy, but worry that others don't want to be with them. That's ambivalent. Avoidant in adulthood um, these adults are so wary of closeness, they try to avoid emotional connection with others. They'd rather not rely on anyone or have others rely on them. Independent, high self-esteem, invest in their professional development. Self-confidence is built with each professional accomplishment. And there's a strong sensitivity to rejection. And that is Beth Clarity Lewis. <laughs> and then disorganized um, in adulthood views self as unworthy or res uh, unworthy of responsiveness, but when receives it, doesn't trust it. They desire closeness, but when it arrives, they're uncomfortable with it. And then secure. This one just kind of made me go, whoa, what's that like? Secure in adulthood, comfortable with intimacy, not worried about rejection, not preoccupied with relationships, which that will be my goal one day <laughs> down the road. Anyone want to add anything to these attachment styles? Oh, I do want to add something. Oh, please, and do that we're Kratz. not we're not just one, right? We're we're not always just one. We can be, you know, secure with a hint of disorganized or a, a blend, disorganized a with a yes. Mm -hmm. We can be, we can and I think that's a good thing about it, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, we do. No, it's true. Yeah, I, th I would I would think so. I think that you know these are just fun. These are fun. They're not fun, but they're categories. They <laughs> they're <Right>. categories. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> categories on that note we are out this is verve well this won't be done by five <laughs> <laughs>